In these harrowing times, three women step forward to expose the ridiculous and untrue stories bouncing around the internet and the world. Basically, a feminist librarian, geologist, and public health expert walk into a bar and discuss the stuff that we know is a little off the center of true. This is The Triple Hoax. is a public health professional with an MPH, Master's of Public Health. She also majored in human biology in undergraduate. Her interests include feminism, dogs, ice cream, and the Americans on FX. Librarian by day, podcaster by night, Bess enjoys long books and forced snuggles with her cats. She has a degree in books, her master's in library and information science. She's a walking, knitting, cardigan-wearing, cat-owning stereotype. I, George, bring a background of general science, but specifically a degree in earth systems science. Specifically dirt. I like rocks. I have used my dirt knowledge to educate underserved kids about how awesome nature is and what we need to do to mitigate climate change, and I am very passionate about environmental justice. My hobbies include reading, writing, One Direction, and memes. Hello, all faithful listeners. It is us, the Triple Hoax. How's the refresher? I'm George. I'm Nancy. I'm Bess. All right. So this week we are talking about alternative medicine and homeopathic (laughs) products. Indeed. So you might be wondering, what does that mean? What are these things? These are products made by companies that tout a alternative way to be healthy so uh things like essential oils things like i don't know those waist body shaper things oh like you know? um, like wraps yes it really um, works that's it what works. Uh, it works yeah not, not hashtag not spun <laughs> <laughs> not to name names but things like toms of maine which do not work but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself things that are not generally approved by the FDA or other accredited institutions that say this works, this will help you. These are things that are often not tested by the FDA, they are not certified by the FDA, but through a combination of pseudoscience, uh, pseudo-spirituality, and other pseudos, um, people believe in them and believe that they actually help, when in fact they probably don't do anything. So I wanted to start a little bit when I said pseudo-spirituality. Some of you might wonder, well, what does that mean? Well, I'll give you guys a statistic here that I found that the number of Americans avoiding gluten has more than tripled since 2009. No. So gluten, gluten-free, GMO-free, all these things are watchwords. So it's not also limited to medicines and things. It's also in our food. These have become sort of like um, buzzwords that signal to certain groups of people that 
this is what you want. This is the ideal. This is somehow this product, this food, this vitamin, whatever it is, somehow will elevate you to a new level of healthiness due to America's roots of, you know, improvement and sort of puritanical interest in purity. Yes, Internal yeah, and purity. Right, and guarding yeah. over yourself that this this has become a instead a spiritual quest to improve your health to this mythical like perfect state, which is not real. Let's okay, be honest, so, it's not yeah. real. So like two things. Number one, think about John Harvey Kellogg. Yes. Number yeah. two, George mentioned like gluten-free, GMO-free. We're not saying that people who have uh, gluten intolerances or celiac disease Absolutely are the people not. that we're talking about. Yeah. We have close friends who mm -hmm. have celiac disease, have really, really bad gluten intolerances. Those people yes. need to avoid that. It's like yeah. someone right. who uh, lactose intolerant avoiding dairy. Right. If you don't want to shit yourself and be in <laughs> immense pain for like three days, oh. you're going to avoid that thing. Of course. Yeah. And but the, the group of people that George is talking about who are into this kind of like, I don't know, I like to think of it as like, like crunchy, but like yeah. also yes. yuppie. Oh, definitely. Like, it's yuppie, like, bougie, crunchy. It's that kind of person. It's the, the rich, white, suburban mom who shops at Whole Foods yes. and only gives her kids organic juice. Yes. You know, she is most likely, mm -hmm. I think, to decide not to eat gluten anymore because it's good for her. Also, what I meant by that statistic is that there is not a high percentage of people to begin with who have celiac disease, who have gluten allergies or gluten sensitivities. That's not a high percentage of people. So if people avoiding gluten has tripled in eight years, then that's a, that's a big chunk of people. Some of it is people being diagnosed finally, which is great because now they know what to avoid. But it can't be all those people. Right, it's a huge chunk of it is just people not eating it because they've been told that somehow makes them more. They're acting like being gluten-free is helping them somehow, but they were already healthy to begin with. Right. They were already fine. It's and just, it's a huge industry preying yeah. on these middle-class white women. What concerns me is when it's a trickle-down to people who really can't afford. Yes. And they don't, and they and they can't afford to buy these expensive foods, or they th they participate in the fad anyway. And so, like, they don't are they already don't have nutritionally sound diets, and they're participating mm -hmm. in a fad that may also be putting them mm -hmm. at some right. kind of risk. Exactly. Instead of it, because they can't they can afford a fad because there's even like gluten free stuff at McDonald's now they can afford that part of the fad but they can't even afford to have health insurance and go see a doctor about and have actual real medical concerns addressed that's where I get really irritated because the other right. stuff I mean it's just wasting your money like if you're already a healthy person and you do this and you're fine you're just wasting your money when the rubber hits the road is people who are deprived of other medical stuff but they're following a fad. Like that's when it's bad. I right. think. I mean, and as like a as a public librarian, I see it a lot of people who use our services, which everyone should be doing anyway, by the way, because I don't know if you know this, but libraries are free. Yes. <laughs> we get an immense amount of turnaround on these bad books. Like people yeah. write these diet books and they come out like overnight. You know, they get promoted by someone like Dr. Oz or Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. And then we get 
massive, yeah. massive amounts of requests for them until yeah. some they're on to the next thing, you know, which yeah. could be a week from now. Right. And someone who was gluten free last week now could be on like the 30 day sugar cleanse and all they're eating is yeah. raw sugar or yeah. something. I don't yeah. know. But you, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's the Atkins diet. Gwyneth Paltrow is the poster child for the crunchy lifestyle. Oh yeah, she literally <laughs> is. She has a whole website. Yeah. From a natural perspective, it's not maybe gluten, but GMOs, so genetically Ooh. modified organisms. The issue is that gen genetically modified organisms literally have no ill. I mean, they they're still doing studies, but up until now, there are no ill effects from eating GMO food. In fact. Everything in nature is a GMO. I didn't Every, everything evolution. we eat. Everything yeah. we eat is genetically modified I mean, because we've been the, modifying food. Right. We learned how to farm. Right. So back in the 30s, um, when the Dust Bowl was happening, there was a huge strides made in genetically modified plants that uh, were more drought resistant. Um, mm -hmm. or more disease resistant, could go grow in different climates. So it probably does have an effect on the environment which is a whole different thing, but it yeah. doesn't have an effect on humans who consume. Right, and that. the other concern with GMOs, it, the real concern is the corporate profit and the copywriting mm -hmm. of grains of food, right. like yeah. the ownership of our food. Well, and it's not necessarily, it's, yeah, it's definitely the, the copywriting, it's the patenting of this specific DNA, this gene right. sequence, right. that right. really gets, especially it fucks over small farmers yes. when their fields are planted right next to a large corporation's crops, and yeah. then there's cross-pollination because that happens, mm -hmm. you can't stop yep. it, Right. you know, then those farmers could get sued and lose all of their profit. And it's right. it's a whole other episode, really. But right. And monoculture, yeah. we don't know what will happen if we continue to have monocultures into the future. Monoculture is just like the one seed that gets patented. It's, we no, just wait, wait. I don't. I don't know if that's the term because monoculture means you keep planting the same thing in the same field. That's what I mean. Like okay. I'm talking about if the big farmers become the only ones who do the farming and mm -hmm. all they do is monoculture, we don't know what kind of impact, well, like you said, is going to have on know. the planet. It's not it's good. It's the soil. It strips the soil. We won't be able to plant anything there anymore. Yeah, and also you know, that's new, why you let fields lay fallow right. and that's why you your crops. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and I would also add in that we don't know what nutritionally that will do to us in the far future. Oh, for sure. I'm yeah. not saying like there's no health effects now, but I'm saying if corporate farms are allowed to keep doing that, we yeah. don't know what the consequences there will be to our food. Right, exactly. Don't yeah. like, it's always the rule of thumb, don't um, let corporations run wild, they <laughs> don't regulate themselves, that's a myth. Sidebar, am I close enough to the microphone? Yeah, don't tip yeah. back and forth though, because the last time we couldn't, you kept okay, going sorry. in and out. Sorry, it's okay. sorry, sorry. There are other certain words talking about alternative and pseudo-medicine. There's things like homeopathy, humorism, mesmerism, <laughs> um, radionic. Traditional medicine is also categorized into this, so Ayurveda, um, shamanism, oh. Reiki. Zita, Reiki, faith healing. Pyrom oh, that's when they put oh. the hands on you and they drive the, they yes. drive the paralysis out yes. of you? Yeah. Uh -huh. This is interesting because chiropractic, for you listeners out there who didn't know this, chiropractory, I don't know how you say it. Chiropractic. Um, thank you. Is actually considered a pseudoscience. It, yeah, because yeah, it, it is. And so is acupuncture. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now, um, and that's not to say that those things haven't been shown to 
help. Yeah. Like, especially with chiropractics and acupuncture, those things are complementary to traditional medicine, like right. not traditional, but yeah. to modern medicine. Uh-huh. But yeah. a lot and of the stuff we're going to talk about in this episode is not. Yeah. And again, that those are the defining thing is that these practices have not been approved by the FDA. Right. So you, if we hold the FDA as the highest, highest standard of, of U.S. Med- medical and medicine practices, then something's not certified by the FDA, you don't really know. Um, that commercial that I keep seeing for Nature Valley uh, vitamin gummies, you know, the woman in the body mm-hmm. wrap, and she's like, oh yeah, I don't know what's in the seaweed wrap, but I know exactly what's in my gummies. And I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. It was only approved by some nonprofit organization that's supposed to like have high food standards. That is not the government. They have money to make in this industry. So you don't know what is in your gummies. You don't know. Yeah. And that's why government testing is so important is because they don't make money off of it. So they will tell you if your thing is a piece of garbage. So <laughs> I have anyway, <laughs> I have pulled up if this is helpful. I went to Andrew Weil MD's website because he was a big uh, dad back when uh, the Triple Hoke podcasters were growing up. Dr. Weil had a really big time in the sun. And actually, our mother, uh, George and my mother was into Dr. Weil. She had one of his books. Actually, really? she had more than one of his books. Yes, she did. Say, can, can I just say that um, this is Beth, and as a former Barnes & Noble employee, those <laughs> books are still stocked in all bookstores, oh. and they still fly off the shelves. And it's oh. real weird. And he looks yeah. real weird. So go he look at him. He's weird looking. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is a probably relevant backstory um, to me and George for about maybe seven, eight or nine years, maybe mm-hmm. of our childhood from like maybe grade school to like when I was leaving middle school, our mom and dad had us on a vegetarian to almost vegan diet at home. We ate mostly soy products. We ate lots of fruits and veggies. We drank lots of fake milk. meat. We ate lots of fake meat. We, my mom was, our mom was very influenced by Dr. Weil. And also she bought us like all natural products, quote unquote. So like my horror story that I can share later, <laughs> but she bought us Tom's of Maine toothpaste. She bought us Tom's of Maine deodorant. I'm fairly certain she got us like soaps and stuff that were more earth friendly. I know she still uses earth friendly cleaning supplies, but I think everybody does that now. I mean, those, I think those are, I don't know. We'd have to do research. We don't do research around here, but yeah, we, uh, for yourself. I'm kidding. Hey, I came out to have a good time. <laughs> okay. So, um, so attacked right now. So that's a long winding way of being like, that's why I know who Dr. Weil is and why (laughs) I went to his website. And so I found he has a little history of homeopathy right here. Okay, so homeopathic medicine is a system of medicine founded in the early 19th century by a German physician. Never a good way to start. (laughs) I just want to say because, yeah. A a 19th century German physician? Yes, uh, Dr. Samuel Christian Hahnemann who was alive from 1775 to 1843. Definitely someone we should take medical advice from. Yeah, it sounds uh, like he died young. <laughs> uh, classy, <laughs> classical homeopathy and homeopathic medicine rests on three principles. The law of similars, the principle of the single remedy, and the principle of the minimum dose. So like lo- bullshit. It is. Okay, so the law of similars states that a disease is cured by a medicine that creates symptoms similar to those that the patient is experiencing. So this is like a third grade level association. I have a fever. I'm hot. I should eat hot things. Like, yeah. 
that's the shittiest logic. Okay, so the thing goes on to say, hence an important part of the prescription of homeopathic medicine is a lengthy interview to determine all the symptoms. The homeopathic physician then prescribes the medicine that best matches your symptoms. So like playing connect the dots with your this symptoms. Like medieval medicine. Like yeah, exactly. you have bile, too much bile in your, in your humors. <laughs> right. And you bleed it out. It's called humorism. Yeah. yeah. And then, okay, it says the principle of the single remedy states that a single medicine should cover all the symptoms the patient is experiencing, mental, emotional, and physical. Okay, that's just bullshit. That's against <laughs> completely against modern medicine. Um, I just want to interject that I know people who are like who have been like, Yeah, I had a fever, so I went and took a sauna. No. Like, that's you bitch, you're gonna a, die. That's like, a great recipe for like fainting. Or yeah. like a heat stroke, like yeah. what is or happening? massive massive dehydration because fevers yeah. already make you dehydrated because you're sweating. Anyway, continue. Uh, so the principle of the minimum dose has two parts. Oh, here we go. First, <laughs> the homeopathic doctor prescribes only a small number of doses of the homeopathic medicine and waits to see what effect the medicine has. Second, the medicine That's just literally being like, I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, and second, the medicine is given in an infinitesimal dose. That's because what? okay, that's because I was well, reading other stuff. Most of them stuff. like toxic, like poisons and shit. Probably. Yeah, like if I made you drink a whole bottle of orange essential oil, well, that would be awful for you. Would die. Yeah, it would be <laughs> bad. So, and the other funny thing is, is that to begin with, orange essential oil doesn't even have that much orange in it. Like I was reading, and I'm sure you guys read this too, about how like the products are made because New York City started, New York State started investigating homeopathic products mm. and they did a bunch of DNA testing and other kinds of drug testing on these products and were like, these don't fucking contain any of the shit that's on the bottle. Or they do. Because, because they were not approved by the FDA. Or if they do contain it, it's in some such a small amount. Yeah. Usually the good stuff is expensive. Like those ingredients, expensive. So yeah. they just, it's like snake oil. And because yeah. it's not approved by the FDA, they can list the ingredients in any way they want. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and then this thing goes on to say, homeopathy is among the most controversial of alternative medicine <laughs> therapies. <laughs> Since homeopathic medicine okay. remedies are so dilute that in many cases not a single molecule of the active compound remains in the final preparation, many scientists believe therapeutic action is impossible. Because uh, it is. Others contend that all healing attributed to homeopathic preparations is either a placebo response or simply a misleading of normal healing that occurs with the passage of time. Causation is not, or cause, causation is not causality. Double-blind studies involving homeopathic medicine treatment have yielded variable, conflicting results, which means they oh, don't gee. work. <laughs> yeah, I was reading in the article about New York State, like um, researching these products, and they said that almost all studies done on these, I think Australia did a really thorough investigative study of homeopathic stuff, and they're like, it's either the placebo effect or it does nothing. And the placebo effect works if you give people a sugar pill. So really, it's just nothing. It has yeah. no effect. And then it says, what conditions should homeopathic medicine be used for? None. None of them. But it says, uh, homeopathy is used for a wide variety of conditions. Some common conditions said to benefit from homeopathic remedies are pain related to teething, bumps and bruises due to injury, minor skin irritations. I will say, I'm not defending these uh, essential oil companies at all, but there really are natural plants in the world that will help you. But like, there are very few and far between. But, yes, 
that and of course like you just said nancy um these companies don't actually put any of that plant into their product right right because it's expensive because it needs to be concentrated yeah so like aloe actually works like if you have an aloe plant and you have a cut or a burn or your skin's irritated you can cut the leaf off and squeeze the juice out and that works um, if you're nauseated, you can drink mint tea or chew on mint leaves or gum, and that should mm-hmm. that'll help. Like the mint is are, the part that helps. Yeah, exactly. These are things that we have consistently known over time work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing is though, is if you compared aloe from a plant leaf to like actual burn cream made in a mm-hmm. lab, the burn cream in the lab is going to work better every time. Oh, for sure. Like. That's the real thing that I think people don't get and what leads to the real dangerous stuff where people forego real medical treatment is when they think that using aloe is equivalent to going to the doctor and getting a prescription, obviously. Right. Like, yes. Okay, this is the part that concerns me. This this sentence just jumped out what okay. I was looking at. There are no known interactions between conventional drugs and homeopathic medication. Oh, not that's, true. That's, that's bad. That's not true. Not true. That's yeah, what I was going to say. St. John's Wort. Yeah, John's exactly. St. John's Wort will interact with your antidepressants, and it can be very dangerous. So yeah. if you're on antidepressants, don't drink St. John Wort's tea. Or oh, take the pills. Or take the pills. And it says, although some forms of liquid homeopathic remedies contain alcohol, the FDA has had, had no reported adverse effects because the FDA doesn't test them. That's dangerous. I can't believe no. they're saying this. Okay, anyway. Moving on from this upsetting yeah. website, we'll put um, the link on the we, website, listeners. How about we play a game? <gasps> yes. Ooh, let's let's listen to some tunes and then come back and yes. uh, play, play a game. game. Yes. All right, so we're going to play a Shake game that's called It Came From The Search Terms. And yes. basically how this is going to go is me, Nancy, I'm on Google, and I'm going to start typing something related to homeopathic medicine and see what the automatic uh, fill-ins Google gives me. Um, all right, so here we go. What should I type Great in, game. you guys? What should um, I type in? Will, will acupuncture stop my blank? Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, it's not giving anything. Let's see. Uh, okay, so I just put, will acupuncture stop? And the automatic things that I've getting, I'm getting are, can acupuncture stop snoring? Can acupuncture, <laughs> can acupuncture stop smoking? Can acupuncture mm. stop, a mo- stop a migraine? No. <laughs> no. All right, I'm going to get rid of stop and see what I get. Oh, here we go. Okay. Will acupuncture help back pain? Will acupuncture help macular degeneration? Will acupuncture help spinal stenosis? Will acupuncture help tennis elbow? And Ah! will acupuncture help vertigo? I got, wow, acupuncture with electrical stimulation. Oh, no. That sounds awful. (laughs) Acupuncture without borders. No. 
acupuncture without borders yeah yep yep (laughs) okay but the best for last acupuncture witchcraft (laughs) i'm clicking on it i just i just want to (laughs) know okay I'm going to start, I'm going to type in gluten and. (laughs) No, no, this is the best one. Should a Christian get acupuncture therapy? (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Awesome. Oh, there's an entry for acupuncture on Wikipedia. Excellent. Oh dear. (laughs) All right. I'm going to start typing in gluten, you guys. Excellent. Gluten-free diet, gluten-free beer, gluten-free pizza, gluten-free foods. People are dumb. <laughs> Gluten yeah. beer. Okay. I had a really good one. I'm trying to okay. remember what it was. Homeopathy for dogs. No. <laughs> oh, that's like dog Reiki. That's yeah. yeah. Thing. Go Reiki. look it up. Uh, for cold sores. Ew. Go get that checked. <laughs> homeopathy, um, homeopathy for anxiety. Oh, I know. That's, that's not going to work. <laughs> Take it from us. That's not going to work. It's not um, gonna work. Essential oils vertigo. Oh, Wait, I just typed in essential oils vape. Essential oils vertigo. Essential oils varicose veins. Essential oils <laughs> versus DEET. No. Like, there's no competition. People, people say that, like, people who sell essential oils and stuff say that, like, there's combinations you can use to repel insects. No. no. And it, not, not as far as, like, is concerned but these are the same kind of people who have like chemical phobia oh right? yeah uh-huh the chem- like we talked about science phobia before yeah not even the chemtrail people just people who are like i don't want chemicals in my food oh yeah and i'm like everything is chemicals because everything is chemicals <laughs> sorry yeah. yep you're chemicals oh yep. man sucks to be you <laughs> uh can essential oils be ingested can essential oils go bad can essential <laughs> oils make you dizzy yes 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 Yes. Can essential oils cause nosebleeds? Can essential oils cause headaches? Probably, yes. yeah. Like, yes. probably all of those smell. things. I if someone if, don't ingest them, no. If someone is okay. asking these questions online, then it's probably happening somewhere. Yep. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Fluoride can is what I put in. Like flor, the word fluoride, and mm-hmm. then can c a n. Uh, and I get fluoride cancer. Fluoride. Mm-hmm. Can, oh. Fluoride can be found in. Fluoride cancer snopes, fluoride canker sores, fluoride Ew. candy. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Fluoride candy? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I should click on it. I'm going to click on it. Oh, wow. Interesting. Cruelty-free fluoride candy. Or for your dogs? No, for people. What? 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 For people who don't what? have fluoride in their water, maybe? Uh, it's maybe. called luckyvitamin.com. No, nah, yeah, nah, son. That's pretty much what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, that was a rousing round of search bar. No, what are we calling it? What it, it came, came from the from Google the search. search. It came from the search terms. That's it. I love it. Shout it out to search terms. Shout out to Captain Awkward for the dope name. My favorite <laughs> advice column because that's a game she plays occasionally on her blog. <laughs> Sweet. All right. So George has some. Uh, has some tea to spill. I do. Um, I do. About about a company that <laughs> shills its uh that shills yes. its natural alternatives yes. to yes. the general public. So you know them. You love them. They're called Toms of Maine. <laughs> so the backstory is the reason I'm the host for this episode is because one time in Whole Foods when I was with Nancy, 
Um, <laughs> we were perusing their drugs aisle, quote unquote, you can call it that even. And I happened upon the toothpaste and I saw fluoride free. And I, <laughs> Nancy and I's mother is a dental hygienist. So it's been drilled into us since we were very young that fluoride is uber important for your teeth. It's the, it's what protects your teeth. It builds them up. It keeps you from having to have dentures when you're, you know, 50. So I kind of flipped out when I saw this toothpaste that doesn't have any fluoride in it. And that company happened to be Tom's of Maine. Um, there are other companies that do it, but uh, I'm just, this is my thing that I hate. Um, the strange thing is, is that, it, well, it's not strange because it's capitalism, but Tom's of Maine sells fluoride toothpaste. It also sells non-fluoride toothpaste. So that right there is automatically just them trying to make more money by selling mm -hmm. this fat. But then they still make money with people who, you know, believe that fluoride does what it's supposed to do. So it that right there to me proves that it's just a complete scam, which it is. So I did some more digging on um, fluoride and uh, did some more digging on fluoride and why there's this weird obsession with no fluoride. And I found that there's actually an organization called the Fluoride Alert Action yeah. Network. No. And at first I thought, oh, this is a place that's great. That'll that'll track what, you know, places have fluorinated water so you can live there. No. It turns out they track fluoridated, fluorinated water sources so you cannot live there or so you can somehow know. And the funny part about this website is they have a lot of videos of like fake doctors trying to say that fluoride is bad for you. And one of the videos is titled Ralph Nader on fluorinated water. No. I'm not kidding. And I was very confused by this, so I did a little more digging, and it turns out that fluoride was actually one of the original conspiracy theories back during the Cold War. Nice. That people believed that the water was being fluorinated because they didn't understand the science of why fluoride is important for your teeth. They just thought it was a poison or something. So there were a lot of conspiracy theories that communists were poisoning our water through the government with fluoride. And even now today, people think it's a conspiracy theory by the government who are trying to get rid of their, our nuclear waste. With I fluoride? Yeah, well, like somehow our nuclear waste makes fluoride and then they put it in the water to get rid of it. What? Like, That's it's how it works. Serious mental gymnastics happening there. So okay. it's it's interesting that it's been going on for so long, that it's such a conspiracy theory. I think the most well-known in the news is a county, Pinellas County in Florida, in uh, recently, in 2011, removed their flor fluoride from their water because citizens were convinced that it was bad for them, that, that they didn't need it anymore. Them and several other counties, I think, in the U.S. don't have fluoride in their water. Hey, and here's a fun fact for everybody. Sure. A graduate student from my university, University of Michigan School of Public Health, wrote his master's thesis about fluoridated water and its potential to reduce tooth decay. The man was named David Ast, A-S-T. As dental director for the state of New York, he made a bid to conduct the nation's first trials of fluoridation. He failed in that bid, but oh. he conducted second trials in upstate New York. And his oh. initial proposal helped prompt the federal government to begin field trials of fluoridation in Grand Rapids, Michigan in 1945. Nice. Nice. Evidence from those trials showed a dramatic reduction in caries. That's the formal name for yep. 
cavities as a result of fluoridation. So much so that in the 1960s, the U.S. Public Health Service became, pro- began promoting fluoridation programs throughout the country. Yep. It was one of public health's first slam dunks <laughs> because it absolutely works and does what it's supposed to do. And you don't have to do anything. And you don't have to anything, do anything except drink your public water source. Yeah. So it, it's, it's been named like in the top 10 of greatest public health triumphs of the, of the 20th century. Yes, that is correct. Along, I think, with the polio vaccine. Mm-hmm. It's lots of people say that there's like too much fluoride is bad for you or it's bad for children or. Yeah, if they eat an entire tube of toothpaste. Yeah, <laughs> so it's in such a small concentration in your drinking water that it, it, it does what it needs to do, which is it remineralizes the enamel of your teeth. It literally mm-hmm. builds, it, it literally makes them stronger and more yeah. resistant to getting cavities. Yeah, which with I mean modern America's diet, which is full of sugar, which is the key ingredient in cavities, that's more necessary than ever. Right. So, and it's especially important for children because their teeth are still forming. Right. right. So, full circle, Tom's of Maine selling <laughs> non-fluoride toothpaste is just it literally does nothing. Maybe it freshens your breath. Probably not because. Besides, That's what I saw when I was looking into yeah, it. Yeah, besides strengthening your teeth, it probably kills a lot of bacteria in your mouth, like bad bacteria in your mouth, which mm-hmm. is the cause of bad breath. So it it literally does nothing. You're buying you're buying nothing. You you might as well be buying an empty jar for yeah, all right, that. Brush your teeth and clean butter. Yeah, yeah, do that instead, and that will yeah be the same thing. So it's. And it, not only that is like people see it on shelves, they'll, they're like, oh, it must be okay. So that leads to people being crazy and campaigning for no fluoride in their public drinking water. Right. It's really interesting because we talked about this in my class. I took about risk communication and how like giving people choices sometimes is not helpful. But if you take choices away, you're limiting autonomy and you like that's a fine line like public health problem is that sometimes we're too big put too big at pushing the nanny state essentially but on the flip side we do have evidence that shows that something will absolutely work most of the time and so we have to walk the fine line between nannying people and forcing them to only have one choice or no choice versus keeping their autonomy and allowing them to be convinced by arguments right so, so it's difficult. Yeah. And then on the Toms of Maine product certification blurb about their toothpaste, it just says in 1995, our original formula with fluoride was deemed safe and effective by the American Dental Association. Wow. Nothing about their non-fluoride toothpaste. Mm. Or their current formula. Right. That was 20, 22 years ago. So you just got to know where to look on these websites and it'll tell yeah. you everything. Yeah, um, this is an example of another, like you're talking about, where if it appears on the shelves, it's like giving people the green light. Yeah. Um, I found this good housekeeping article about fluoride that makes Mm -hmm. me really irritated because good housekeeping is a flashy 
sexy stay-at-home mom magazine mm-hmm. that has a lot more people paying attention to it than the Mayo Clinic's website. So like they're going to read this article it says a simple perusal of the ingredients list of a tube of commercial toothpaste can yield a laundry list of chemicals, additives, detergents, and shock sweeteners. That's why we decided what? to put out some natural pastes and put them to the test. How do you even know what's in uh, like what those words mean? Like <laughs> on the toothpaste too. Like there are a bunch of chemicals. How do you know what those are? Yeah. Typical. This is like when people um, single out a specific, ing- like chemical phobic people single out a specific ingredient that can be found in other things and be like, look, this is found in something awful. La la la. So like, I'll read this part. It says, typical toothpaste can, can, can contain some harsh abrasives and chemicals. Among the worst ingredients to watch out for, propylene glycol, a solvent that is an active component in some antifreezes, is using everything from makeup to mouthwash. It's okay. in ice cream. It's in ice cream. Yeah, in an antifreeze, it's probably like a huge chunk oh, of it. There's a lot of things in antifreeze. <laughs> like, it keeps ice cream from being too frozen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a solvent, yeah. So fluoride yeah. is also also a questionable ingredient for some. It's used in commercial toothpaste to strengthen enamel, and many dentists recommend using a fluoride toothpaste. Fluoride is considered toxic when ingested in high levels and is a controversial additive in water. Shut up! <laughs> accidentally oh ingesting high quantities of toothpaste, as children sometimes do, can be potentially toxic. Well, that's where people are just doing a bad job researching parenting, because I'm like 99 percent sure our mother has talked about how you like train kids to brush their teeth understand as they go on that they can't just eat a bunch of toothpaste or put too much of it yeah. on the brush you, uh, like, that's train why it doesn't taste it. that good anyway no right. that's why you buy children's toothpaste because there's a way way lower level of fluoride in it because they assume they're drinking public drinking water that has fluoride in it right and they want to avoid the three-year-old who just eats an entire tube right it tastes like strawberries um, oh my god then this paragraph goes on to say it's important to note that just because a product is sold at a natural food store it doesn't mean that its ingredients are all natural because that's your biggest concern yeah we found some not so natural ingredients in the natural toothpaste one reviewed contains sodium laurel sulfate a cleansing agent that creates lather while not considered toxic it's known to cause microscopic tears in mouths that lead to canker sores what i don't understand this is okay well all right that is actually like the main ingredient in most shampoos yeah sodium laurel sulfate oh this is what tells you all you need to know about Tom's main non-fluoride toothpaste. It scored high. Our reviewer gave it a 10 for its classic flavor. Plus, Tom's takes pains to disclose all of its ingredients and where they come from. This paste no, it doesn't. include naturally sourced fluoride. <laughs> How do you in naturally source <laughs> What? Did you put dirt in your toothpaste? <laughs> Did you get it from the ground? Like... <laughs> Oh, man. This toothpaste, the Ayurvedic herbal toothpaste, is free of fluoride, gluten, bleach. Ayurvedic. Ayurvedic. Yeah, it's Ayurvedic it, toothpaste. It, it's How do you fluoride, even make that? It's free of fluoride, gluten, bleaches, artificial sweeteners, oh, dyes, animal-derived you. ingredients, and artificial preservatives. Thank God our toothpaste doesn't have gluten in it. I mean, okay, for gluten-sensitive people, yes, that's important. But. Instead, it uses pilu, a, nat- a natural tooth whitening fiber. Ew! I don't... I don't you got pulpy that, toothpaste? 
face. Look, it's because this is somebody who just cares about tooth whitening. Um, or how it tastes. It tastes like licorice, it says. Oh, oh I do like licorice. Oh, well. Okay, Bess. <laughs> I don't understand okay, this article. I don't, under- <laughs> I don't understand this just article. Just more licorice. Like, I will take more licorice. There's tea tree oil toothpaste. Oh! oh. That's gross. But it's uh, it's given big ups by this article. It, it tastes bad, but high ratings because it contains no harsh abrasives, synthetic sweeteners, or artificial flavors. But it does have sodium lauryl sulfate, and it's fluoride-free. So it literally has, it's literally tea tree oil soap that you're Ew. brushing your teeth with. Cool. What the Their Wellida Wellida brand has salt toothpaste. Ugh. It has what? salt, sea salt, baking soda, and myrrh. Oh. In it. So is that like like tooth powders or like those lush tooth pads? <laughs> they said it's toothpaste. Yeah. It says it also comes in calendula flavored. That tastes like an outdoor candle. <laughs> like calendula, well, yeah. Um, Nancy and I's mom has said before that if if you brush your teeth too hard, your gums for sure will get very irritated if you brush them too much or too hard. So I can only imagine having an abrasive toothpaste, which I'm guessing it is because it sounds like it. That's going to give your gums more irritation and it could like, like scrape the enamel, literally scrape the enamel off your teeth. Yeah, because the more um, little indentations you have in your teeth, the more places for bacteria and stuff to collect. Yeah, my brother used to brush his so much when he was in like middle school that our our dentist, our our dental hygienist had to like tell him that he was only allowed to brush his teeth twice a day. Wow. Like he was actually causing more cavities and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. because it takes a protective off your teeth. Um. Nancy has some feelings about Toms of Maine as well, if she yeah, wants to talk about that's them. that's true, I do. Okay, so um, when I was in middle school and oh. years, join me, will you, back in time. In <laughs> 2006. The, no. No, no. No, 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 sorry, 2000, sorry. 2003 or two, we were still well in the middle of our vegetarian vegan kick self. And I was also going through puberty. So as you do do at that age. And I had Tom's of Maine deodorant. Now the difference between a deodorant and an antiperspirant, in case anyone isn't aware, is that (laughs) deodorant is just to make you smell good. You're going to keep sweating, but it makes you smell good. Antiperspirant will actually stop you from sweating as much. And usually deodorant is like a shorthand for saying deodorant and antiperspirant. Like most people wear stuff that does both. It makes you smell good and it stops you from sweating as much. Okay, so I was wearing Tom's of Maine deodorant and when you're a stinky little person oh. going through puberty, well, it's true. All right. like, like, have you been around the 12 year olds lately, George? Yeah, no. No, yeah. okay. Pre- not their fault. It's not <laughs> their fault, really. Kids who are like 11 and 12 just going into that phase and then teenagers just smell stinky because they're, have all this hormones and oils that they mm-hmm. haven't had before now and they gotta they gotta rope it in they gotta rein it in yeah um, that's true they are uh so i, I didn't smell great as a tween exactly <laughs> i know that so I anyway i was wearing this tom's of maine shit and it did not work like it, it covered my it did not cover my stinkiness and of course uh tweens are awful and so i got made fun of because i was stinky because of our, soci- our societal standards for young girls and women no and the reason my mom had us use this stuff is because she read a now def- 
debunked study that said aluminum, which is in antiperspirants because it like plugs the sweat ducts so that you are not allowing sweat to flow onto your skin's surface that they thought that because there was aluminum and it was really close to like um your mammary glands your mammary glands and like your your lymphatic system that the aluminum compounds might contribute to the development of breast cancer but they debunked that that was never true but because she was concerned, which she's a mom, she's concerned, she didn't want us to be using antiperspirants because she was worried about the aluminum in them. And if she had known that that was not in fact the case, I could have had an antiperspirant <laughs> like any other kid and I wouldn't gotten made fun of. So fuck you, Tom's of me. <laughs> Yeah, well, eventually when I told her that I got teased, she did say, well, right. okay, yeah. I'll get you the stuff that's like... Yeah. And I never look back. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, I think we'll take a little bit of a music break. Leave us some comments and tell us what kind of antiperspirant deodorant you use. (laughs) Please do. We want to know. We're shopping around. We have a fun Toms of Maine game planned. We do. So we'll be back. That's right. You already know what the fuck it is, man. Weezy F motherfucking baby bitch. know you love me, man. Nigga ain't. Leave that, man. What I want had one and I ain't trying to wait It's a song with Wayne So you know it's gonna help But you ain't finna murder me Like everybody else I'ma rap like I got some tight respect for myself I don't do it for my health, man I do it for the belt Man, I do it to the depth To the roof get melt 100 degrees drop the roof So the coop don't melt Man, the flow so cold Chicken soup won't help We need four more hoes We need oh, 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 oh We're back And we're back so we have, I have a little game I thought we could play. All right, um, hit us with it. So I will give you a celebrity or well-known person, dead or alive, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you guys can tell me what Tom's of Maine product would they use if they were believers in Tom's of Maine. Okay, I got to Google Tom's of Maine's website. Yeah, I'm going to bring up their okay. website. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um, you listeners can play along at home. Yes. Yes, Pull up they the have main website. There's <laughs> oral care, body care, baby care, lip care, ingredients, not in our product. Oh no, wait. Those are just their <laughs> bullshit. Never mind. Sorry. So lip care, baby care, body care, and oral care. Right on. Are you guys ready? Yes. Yeah. All right. Michael Jackson. Oh. Uh, oh. Wow. <laughs> Can I tell you what I think he'd use? Yeah, go for it. I think he'd use their baby sunscreen. <laughs> I was going to say uh, his da- the daily moisturizing hand cream. Mm. I was going to say the lip shimmer. Yes. Mm, yep. And the lavender tea tree body wash. Oh, so wait, yes. Tom does sell an antiperspirant. What? Yeah. Wait, Bitch. they have what? They sell an antiperspirant. Oh, well. They've come a long way in They also world. sell wicked cool kids deodorant. <laughs> I hope that's what 
Anyway, no, well, I used the one for adults that was like a weird, not wicked cool, not wicked cool. <laughs> it just smelled like a field and like oil, sweat, <laughs> sweat. yeah. All right, um, but I he would definitely use the lavender um, body. Um, how about Ralph Nader? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, well, creamy coconut Ralph Nader body would wash, use fluoride free, free, botanically bright toothpaste. Absolutely agreed. Oh. Uh, the creamy coconut body wash and the organic lip balm. Oh shit! Wait, they have fluoride-free, wicked cool toothpaste. Yes. <laughs> Range of wicked cool yeah. items. Yeah, they know what the kids want. <laughs> Tom they want wicked cool shit. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Hit us with the next celeb. Let's see. Terry Crews. Oh. Mm, I think okay. he'd use the wicked cool kids deodorant too. Yeah, probably. But would that hold up to his manly, manly? All right, wife? maybe the anti-deodorant. The men's yes. long-lasting wide stick. Wide stick. Wide stick. That's the crucial part. In the <laughs> scent. I I think he would like the uh, orange blossom with Moroccan argan oil bar mm. soap because mm. he knows bar soap is better for the environment. Ooh, yes. In the scent, clean confidence. <laughs> oh, for the for the wide stick deodorant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or That's the mineral you. confidence deodorant crystal roll on. Oh, when he's feeling yeah. When his went for his purse when he's on the go. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. One more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, well, we know she does. Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, oh. shit. All of them? All of it? Yeah, she has, yeah, like, the baby care stuff. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. But don't um, think she uses her own company's products? Like, maybe doesn't... Not do- when she started out, though. Yeah, that's true. Creamy coconut with virgin coconut oil bar. I yeah. think she probably uses their... What's the most outlandish thing on this site? I have to <laughs> Their lip shimmer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely their lip shimmer. That's true. Wow. No. Wait. Look at their lip gloss. It's like fucking 2002. Like. Oh yeah. The lip gloss. The squeeze. <laughs> she definitely has like five of those. Absolutely. Summer sand, daybreak pink, and meadow rose are the colors. Oh right. Yes. We're not sponsored sure. by Tom's Maine, obviously. No. Just in case you're wondering. I. I. Um. She probably used baby diaper cream on Apple's butt. <laughs> poor apple i feel bad for apple yeah, yeah. Me too. on like, so many levels also she probably slathered unholy amounts of the baby sunscreen on them oh yeah that's true that's well thus concludes our famous people who secretly probably indulge in times of may that's legit <laughs> as speaking or of not Gwyneth, so secretly not so secretly yes. yeah speaking of not so secretly have we talked about gwyneth Paltrow nonsense yet? no we, that was what i was gonna do Bring it. up. Do go, it. Go, go. <laughs> in case you didn't know, Gwyneth Paltrow is a famous actress person who believes in all kinds of homeopathic bullshit and pretends that it's real. And she has a lifestyle website and brand called Goop, G-O-O-P, where she promotes and sells all kinds of crazy-ass homeopathic stuff. You probably heard about, like, the jade vaginal eggs or yeah. the sex dust. What? It's it's called like there's like sex dust and brain dust and they're um oh like, and supplements and, like you would drink them like a protein powder. Ugh. And don't forget the patches that NASA oh. debunked. Yeah, I forgot about those. <laughs> yeah, so she just is a hack who sells this stuff for just way too high a price. 
like way too high. Yeah. Yeah. And she did these patches that she claimed were from like base astronaut level type material, <laughs> like these patches that you were supposed to wear, do some shit to yourself, but like, nah. they nah. don't. And NASA literally came out and was like, nah, ma'am, you need to stop <laughs> telling people keep that. And then out, keep our name out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, and then she was ballsy enough to try to go against NASA. Wow. Yeah, and I don't know how that went, but probably not well. <laughs> um, I'm on her the website Goop right Did now. <laughs> and I'm on the detox guide, and I'm going to take a moment to talk about how detoxes are not real. They well, do not fucking work. <laughs> And I need everyone to stop can, it. Can I interject that this website in its entirety is exactly what I was talking about at the beginning of this episode. It's an yes. entire lifestyle they sell and they make so much money off of it. Yeah, and it's like a creepy, weird, spiritual obsession yes. with cleanliness. Okay. So for yes. Nancy. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about what the term detoxifying. So it normally means within like physiology like taking things out of your body that are like harmful to your body or you don't need and you have two different body parts that sort of perform not the same but similar functions to that end so you have your liver and you have your kidneys your kidneys and they filter it and they filter um like levels of salt, potassium, and other elements that are within your um, bloodstream and they either release it or retain it depending on how, like what the contents of your blood currently is. And then your liver also does the same thing, but it's with different, um, like different blood supply that's coming from a different part of your body. It takes like alcohol, like it de it processes alcohol, it processes all kinds of things that go through your body and make it so that you're removing things that would be harmful to you or your body has too much of. Your body already does all of this for you and it does it every day without you having to do anything. So any kind of shit peddler who's like, you know what, you should eat some stuff and that will detox you. Here, is, eat is, this weed. It's great. It is selling, is literally, like I said, shit peddling. Like, it it doesn't do anything. The, the thing that they're banking on, when you eat more fruits and vegetables, when you eat more whole grains, like nutritional, healthy food, you feel better. That's just, like... Logic. Yeah, well, it's physi physiologic logic. Mm -hmm. When you eat stuff that is heavy in oils and and not good fats and like just not as nutritionally beneficial you're gonna feel bloated you feel heavy like and if you're lactose intolerant like that's not gonna be good so like if you eat nutritional food or food that agrees with your digestive system then you, you are gonna better. feel better yeah so but acting like you're going a step further by being like oh you're detoxing is just stupid and it, well, it your is just, already doing it for you yeah There's it's already doing it for you for you to do and yeah and so now you're just doing exactly like going gluten-free for no reason and like you're messing with your system right and all like you were saying pseudo spirituality because it's like the site people like the psychological idea mm -hmm. of purifying and cleansing yourself like that's something that like for, since the beginning of humanity's ability to think higher, higher thinking, we've wanted this like obsession with purity and cleanliness. And well, 
it definitely started with the Puritans and with like well here in the U.S. Yeah, but I'm talking about like even further back, like you know, in the Torah and like the Old Testament, there's there's rules for how to clean your hands and like That's true. steps and stuff because like evolutionarily or things that people learned over hundreds and thousands of years is that if we keep our hands clean, if we keep our kitchen clean, it's we better. will be healthy. We won't get sick. And so now, because that's not as much of a concern anymore, it's like we've talked about in other episodes, people are stepping it up a notch. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're not going to get typhoid anymore, but there's still that evolutionary part of your brain that's obsessed with clean and better and like keeping yeah. yourself from getting sick. So then you just go into this whole, like, I should do a detox. That'll mm-hmm. fix my problems. And, you know, like, it, nah. nah. <laughs> like, she's got a goat milk cleanse. Okay. Bone, why is, why bone broth is so good for us? It's How just it, broth. Soup cleansing and why it's so good. It's soup. <laughs> yeah, soup is delicious. fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's delicious. I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah. <laughs> or like excuse me how to get mercury out of your system okay can't do it no nope. it's there you can't get rid of it unless yeah. unless you went to the hospital and did like kidney dialysis you're not getting rid of that mercury there your body gets rid of it on its own or this, it takes a long time yeah or heavy metal detox same idea yeah you probably don't have like compared to okay so like if you are a person who lives in a place where like you live close to a factory or a contaminated river, you're more likely to have heavy metal in, in, in percentages in your body that's way more concerning than mm-hmm. some idiot living in Beverly Hills mm-hmm. who's barely, if ever, like exposed to any of this. Like, mm-hmm. Why does she have different detoxes for each year? I don't <laughs> know. That, yeah, see, that's another thing that's a total red flag for pseudo-medicine and pseudoscience. Because if it's a thing that works, it shouldn't change from year to year. She says, every January, we put away the baked goods in the deep freezer, stash our wine, and recalibrate our diet towards the cleaner, allergen-free end of the spectrum. Okay. Hello, you okay. will find the detox tenets we abide by, including plenty of advice from our roster of experts. And Excellent. so it says the 2017 detox. And I said, Okay. Okay. But then this the 2016 fake, but detox okay. and the 2015 and the 2014 and the 2013, they all to me just look like the food trends of those years. Yeah. For and they sure. are. Yeah. I clicked on heavy metal detox and oh, this God. stupid melodramatic subtitle is, are toxic heavy metals ruining your life? <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, um, And this is interesting because I'm going to just paraphrase what I'm looking at. But it says, like, this author writes, like, oh, you're doing everything right with your diet and your exercise. And no, no, wait, I'll. I'll... No, no, sorry. It was another article. Keep going. Okay. Um, and he's describing a person who is doing all the right things, which is exercise, good diet, you know, sleeping well, or um, you meditate, you do, you do things to keep yourself healthy. You still have systems, symptoms persisting, fatigue, migraines, joint pain, brain fog, sluggishness, inflammation, constipation. And he describes a bunch of like a grab bag of symptoms that could be a bunch of different medical conditions and basically categorizes them all together and being like, this is toxic heavy metals doing this to you. When some of this stuff could be signs of depression. Well, and can I just say as someone who has them that um, 
you can be perfectly healthy and get migraines. Exactly. So that's the other thing is that some of these things are just a, a side effect of being a human being. People get constipated like occasionally all the time. It doesn't matter what you time. eat or how but regular you are. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. So basically it's either symptoms Unless of being. Unless you haven't pooped in a week, in which yeah. case you should go to the ER. Like yes, you should. ASAP. And so, like, it's really ridiculous because he's acting like this whole grab bag of things that could either be from an actual chronic psychological condition you should be diagnosed with or some other chronic condition and pulling them in together with just signs of being a human being and being like, all of this, that's toxic heavy metals. Mm. Fuck. Okay. So, fun fun story that I found. that uh, it's, a, it's a real article on the Goop website. I'm going to be linking it on our Facebook page. And the title is, Are Cell Phones and Wi-Fi Signals Toxic? No! This is an old myth. This has myth. been going on for so long. This is an old myth. This is like telephone wires. This is the same people who are afraid of telephone wires giving them cancer. It's almost impossible to remember a time without smartphones, which makes it equally easy to forget that the technology is still relatively new, with safety requirements that, for the most part, are generally untested. The scientific community's rumblings about brain cancer and the new-to-us affliction, quote-unquote, electrosensitivity, are worth exploring at the very least. So we tapped three experts in the field to help us understand the complicated and messy world of cell phone and Wi-Fi safety. So-called experts is a nutritionist. No. <laughs> and a long-term advocate for integrated medicine. No. Well, the other one is another catchphrase for homeopathic. I found an integrated medicine mm -hmm. website, and it was like, great news from Harvard. 15% more people are using integrative and naturopathic medicine. It's not a good like, thing. I was like, no, but like integrated medicine is another catchphrase well, for that. We had a physics teacher when I was in high school who wanted us to research like false science things. And one of the topics we could choose was um, cell phones um, causing, potentially causing, you know, brain cancer or whatever. And I mean, all the research that I looked at, and granted, this was a number of years ago, but um, mostly it's, it's radio waves, yep. microwaves being close to your head. Those are really far down on the energy spectrum of light. I mean, and don't stick your head in a microwave. No, but also. no, but also cell phones aren't going to give you brain cancer because it's it's too low energy. It's too it's not high enough to disrupt your cell function. Yeah, it's not those radio waves have never been known to like Nancy just said disrupt cell function and cause um, any kind of metastasization. How do you say it? I mean, and and also like Bess was saying, don't turn to a goddamn nutritionist to find She's out a, about this see this is the fucking annoying thing which is that nutritionists should be listened to about the real stuff nutrition and eating a good diet that fills the it's not the food pyramid anymore but you know the mm -hmm. the, the nutritional guidelines listen to them about that for the love of god why are you asking them about things that are are fear-mongering and irrelevant like come on mm-hmm well, even then, be selective about your dietitians or nutritionists because sometimes yeah. they can not be accredited. Like they're not from yeah. a respected. Mm -hmm. Or they can be fat shaming and not yeah. good. Yeah. Just a heads up. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's all you need to know about detoxes and goop. goop. Don't go there. Just it's and don't listen scary. to Doctor Doctor Oz either. Yeah. He's he Doctor Oz is like the Gwyneth Paltrow for older people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, uh, Dr. Oz 
He go fuck himself. I yeah. hate Dr. Oz. He's yeah. a legit. Legit. He shouldn't have a medical license anymore. Yeah. No. So I think uh, George has a hometown hoedown throwdown, so I'm going to throw a little bit of uh, Awesome Kingdom here, and then yes. uh, we'll be right back, and she'll tell us all about it. Woo-hoo! In the beginning of our podcast, when we were talking about GMOs, genetically modified organisms, and Nancy mentioned the impending threat from big farming corporations that will copyright and trademark certain genetic blends. Well, when I was working as a AmeriCorps Vista in Flint, Michigan, yes, that Flint, Michigan, last summer, I was working with Food Corps members. And one of the Food Corps members I worked with, he was very interested in cultivating vegetable seed blends that were uniquely from Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to develop these breeds of plants so they could be trademarked and used by people in the city of Flint. So I think it was partially like a pride thing in Flint, which is great but also as sort of like an insurance against possible big corporations. You know, he also struck me as that kind of person who like uh-huh. really didn't trust the man, you know, <laughs> but um, you know, it is, it is doable and is possible. And, you know, small town grassroots, literally grassroots um, movements like that are important for the underprivileged and the impoverished to take control of their food sources as well. Check with your local library. I know that my Mm. library has a seed library and you can check out seeds. um, And as long as you bring back some seeds after Mm -hmm. all is said and done. And they have lots of different strains of different things that are local to the area that I live in. That's awesome. Cool. So with that, I think We'll take a little bit of a music break. We had some feedback from some of our listeners. We did. Our wonderful listeners, um, who are also dear friends of ours, uh, had some great responses when I put a question up on the um, Facebook page about homeopathic products because I had men- I was mentioning or sort of teasing for this episode being recorded. And I asked, what are your experiences with homeopathic products and remedies? And our friend Amanda, fake last name, <laughs> said coconut oil as sunscreen no <laughs> end quote just doesn't work yeah put some oil on your skin that'll work with sunscreen mm-hmm. so coconut oil will just increase your like likelihood of being burnt so those of you sunlight into the natural bug, bug spray and the natural natural sunscreen nope not gonna work yeah no, make you need sure that you need that zinc oxide in your sunscreen yeah, and we promise you'll you crave that mineral. 
I said I like memes. That's true. She did. Uh, she warned us. Um, and then our friend Chelsea, fake last name. So I'll just read her quote because she's a good writer and this is really funny. She said, well, trying to find out if you can freeze lemon slices without losing taste when you thaw them, every single fucking search result was from old health sites telling me eating frozen lemon zest will not just prevent, oh, no, 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 it will cure your cancers. <laughs> so that oh was her God. first comment. How? How? I, you'll have to Google it and find out yourself. Mm. And then her second comment was also, ozone water that's always one of my favorites and then she sent me to a website called cancertutor.com slash ozonated water uh, and she said there was a onset at the onset of this trend a link between it and the guy who tell who like tells you if you yell at stuff it'll hold on to the emotions and you can give yourself <laughs> cancer by drinking <laughs> negative energy water but what? it's been years since i found this article and though it's burned into my brain I'll, it'll have to be anecdotal until i'm on my computer with time lmao <laughs> so i went to the ozonated water uh, website and it says this protocol is not rated as a cancer cancer treatment okay one star to them for like admitting that right it's a supplemental treatment for cancer and so it has been shown in scientific experiments heavy air quotes there that there is an inverse relationship between the amount of oxygen in the blood and the ability of cancer to spread that literally means nothing no it, and so they go on to say, in other words, the more oxygen, the less your cancer is able to spread. That's okay. not true. However, the oxygen we breathe, which is O2, is not what the body needs to stop the spread of cancer. What is needed is oxygen singlets. That's definitely not the, uh, the scientific what? term for that. Oh, <laughs> singlets? <laughs> Yeah, the best way to get oxygen singlets into the blood is to get ozone, O3, into the blood, which then breaks down into O2 that's, that's and O1. That's not even a single... What is, what is that? Breaks down. The down. I love this phrase. The critical oxygen singlet. <laughs> hey, you guys. I just found an article from today on the website, the, the aggregator, I fucking love science. Uh-huh. Um... Gwyneth Paltrow's goop under investigation for false health claims. So yes. nonprofit treatment advertising. Nice. Nice. Oh, I love sent them. letters to district attorneys connected to the California Food, Drug, and Medical Task Force, criticizing goop for promoting over 50 unsubstanti unsubstantiated and illegal health claims. You know, so we'll share funny. this article on yes. our Facebook page. Yeah. I don't want to throw that out there because I was like, ah, it's funny yeah. that California has some of the most stringent food and health um, regulations, and yet things like weird celebrity things like that apparently live and thrive in California. It's very strange. Well, it's because they they have a, they're, they're the Hollywood industry. Yeah. They can, at the risk of sounding like Alex Jones, <laughs> but no. they can, they can throw a lot of money around and they can that's like true. do whatever they want up to a point. Yeah. They can make the frogs gay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, oh, and then I had one more friend. Comment. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have another comment? So our friend Beth, fake last name, commented on an article I shared after we did our our eugenics episode, and she said she had a very great point, and she said, I think people would have more children if they had more money and time to do so. We all work so hard for so little that we wouldn't be able to spend time with the children we create. And I agree. Yeah. So I that was that's a really good point. Um, 
as someone who never intends on having children that like i think that that's true like i think if i i'm not sure that i would ever want to have children i do love children but um i can see how that would be a hindrance to people our um, millennials our age who want to have mm -hmm. children but are struggling to even make you know, ends meet yeah absolutely right. yeah um all right so well, thank you for the input dear listeners yeah yes, keep, thank you keep so those much. great comments coming and questions mm -hmm. absolutely so if you also want to comment on our facebook articles you can find us on facebook at the triple hoax podcast yep we're also on twitter at the triple hoax we're on, we're on tumblr, tumblr the triple and, hoax uh, tumblr .com. you can always email us at the triple hoax at gmail.com yes um ma'am so thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.